It's time for Tuesday Terror, here on the Mutual Audio Network. The following audio drama is rated PG-13, suggesting that children under the age of 13 should listen accompanied with an adult. You are listening to Audio Drama in a Darker Shade at darkerprojects.com. And now our feature presentation. presents Tales from the Museum, The Beginning, a miniseries written by Charles Russell, starring Joshua Perus as James Lee Shepard. Nightmares. I really hate nightmares, especially this new one. I'm someplace dark. Solid darkness. Solid, like being trapped in a concrete block. I can't move, can't see, can't speak. But I can hear. I can hear somebody. Can you hear me? Please, you have to hear me. Then I hear my new friend. (laughs) Please help us. We're all in grave danger. I jerk awake. I'm in my bed in my hotel room. I'm covered in sweat and my pulse is pounding. Even though I calm down eventually, I know I can get back to sleep. I really hate nightmares. day was drawing to a close as I made my weary way across the lobby at the regional museum. I'd been working here for a few days. That's when I heard her. My god, Jim. Are you still running around? Yeah. Apparently part of my job is to attend all the meetings Faring wants to avoid. Really? How many is that? All of them. Have you ever sat in on an employee grievance committee meeting? No. Don't. Trust me on this one. I shan't. And now? I think I'll go hide out in my office for a while. I think I'll wait for quitting time to roll around. Lovely idea. 
But first, a question. Do you have plans for tonight? Me? No. Why? Because I hold the season pass to the Von Muntz Theatre, and I have two tickets to the performance tonight. Box seats. Care to join me? Dr. Caspian, are you asking me out? Well, you are new in town. I just can't bear to think of you alone in a depressing hotel room, perhaps drinking yourself into an alcoholic stupor. I only do that on weekends. Of course. I know men, especially like yourself, are not accustomed to women being this direct. So think about it. What's to think about? It's a magic show, right? An illusionist, yes. An excellent choice on your part. My office, shall we say six? Don't be late. And with that... She sashayed away. Dr. Caspian was very good at sashay. <clears throat> Shepherd has a girlfriend. Shepherd has a girlfriend. Shut up, Ruthie. Oh, come on, boss. You've been here for four days, and you can't tell me. Why are you holding my coat and hat? Hey, I'm the super efficient secretary to the new director of special services. This is me being efficient. We're hitting Brother Gilbert Littlemead's lodge today, remember? This is when they're open to the public. They don't open for another hour. I thought you might like to get out of here and grab a coffee or something. Best secretary a guy could ask for. You can't type or do shorthand. But boy, what an idea, guy. Excuse, please. Are you Hal Shepard? Jim Shepard. That's right, Mr... Piloskov. Emil Piloskov. The young lady at the desk pointed to you. This is very irregular, I know. I work with the Dutch Embassy in New York City. I am with the cultural attaché's office. Are you diplomatic staff, Mr. Poloskov? Me? Oh, no. No, I am, uh, uh, an errand boy. So, how can we help you? Well, I need to know if your museum took delivery of three crates originally destined for the embassy. I beg your pardon? Herr Shepard, are you aware of the political situation in Europe? Do you read the newspapers? Watch the newsreels? You're talking about the Nazis? Yeah. The Germans are already strolling about in Holland, making a list of what they want to send back to their fatherland. It's barbaric. Our national museums and our Ministry of Culture decided to box up the most valuable and precious of our treasures and ship them back here, to the USA. You wanted your shipment out of bomber range. Potentially, we did. But the vessel carrying our shipment development engine problems just off of Nova Scotia. The ship, the Queen Alberta, managed to limp into port and alternative transportation was arranged, by rail this time. But when the shipment... 20 crates on record arrived in New York City. Three were missing. I've been in pursuit ever since. You think they're here? Yeah, I believe so. There was a shipment en route here at the same time ours arrived at the port. It appeared that three crates were mixed with the shipment to this museum. The cartridge company has accepted full responsibility. Do you have the correct paperwork? Bill of laden? Transport tickets? Yeah. Yes. Here. Looks legit. I got this. I use the courtesy phone here. Let's see if anybody is still in the shipping dock. Hey, Big Joe, it's Ruthie. Fine, you? Listen, do you have three large crates in the dock? Looks like they may have come in earlier in the week. The original addressee is the Dutch Embassy in New York. Sure, I'll wait. And? Big Joe says it sounds familiar. He's checking now. Good. 
May I ask what's in the crates? Certainly. The first two crates have ceramics and smaller sculptures. Bronzes mostly. The longer of the boxes has a mummy. A mummy? Yeah. His name is Amon Hat. Not a pharaoh, but a soldier and a trusted advisor to the pharaohs. He is perfectly preserved. Quite rare from that time period. Unbelievably valuable to an archaeologist. I see. You do? Great. Can you set them to one side? Be careful of the long one. There's a dead guy in it. A mummy, Joe! A mummy! Bye, Joe. Boy, that Joe. He is a nice guy, but no sense of humor. Noticed. And? They're here, all right. Came in with a shipment we got from somewhere up north. He was getting ready to ship them back. Do you have a truck, sir? Yeah, uh, yes. When? Well, they've already locked down the dock for the night. They'll open up at 7.30 tomorrow morning. Any time after that. Amazing. Is your staff always this efficient? Couldn't tell you. I'm new here myself. I see. Please tell your people that I will be at this loading dock at 7.30 tomorrow morning. Good day. And I thank you again. Don't you just love spreading happiness and good cheer? Makes me feel all warm and tingly. stopped by the diner for coffee. When we set off from there, it was already dark, and a cold wind was blowing. The great lodge of the Immaculate Knights of the Sacred Path was a nondescript two-story brick building, just a few blocks from the museum. So, what do we say? Hi, we're with the Regional Museum. We'd like to ask you a few questions. Basically, here we go. We entered a lobby of sorts. A good-sized room that was dimly lit by an overhead electrical fixture. The walls were hung with richly colored tapestries. Persian rug covered the floor. All in all, a dark sort of place. Claustrophobic as well. Greetings, I'm Tanya. Welcome to our lodge. Do you wish to join us for our public meeting? We welcome all who seek enlightenment. Please, have one of our brochures. She was a young woman sitting at a desk at the far wall. She appeared to be posted there to guard the hallway entrance. Well, thank you, Tanya. My name is Jim Shepard. This is Miss Ruth Ballard. We're with the Regional Museum. I was hoping we could speak to Brother Gilbert. Oh, I'm terribly sorry. But Brother Gilbert is deep in meditation as he prepares to deliver enlightenment. One of our acolytes will be happy to speak with you. What? is that smell? Incense or something? Or something. Tanya, what if I insist? Again, I am so sorry, but it would avail you nothing. Okay then, how about this? Let us talk to Gilbert and I don't tell the police about the opium you're burning in here. Opium? That is an incense. How about it, Tanya? Um, one moment. Please wait here. Tanya stood and swished through the beaded curtain that marked the hallway. She disappeared into the darkness beyond. Opium? I'm breathing opium? Am I gonna be an addict? 
No. You just happen to know what opium smells like? Yes, I do. Yipes. Tanya returned a moment later. She was not alone. The tall, bald prophet of the Immaculate Knights of the Sacred Path was with her. Brother Gilbert, in turn, was flanked by two good-sized bruisers. The three men were dressed in the same type of robes. I had the feeling they weren't going to let us in any further. Brother, these are the people from the museum. Mr. Shepard and Miss Ballard. Hiya. Greetings, my friends. Welcome to our lodge. How may I be of assistance? Well, it's like this. The other day, you were standing out in front of the museum. You were talking about blood, evil spirits feasting on the innocent, and a devourer. I'd like to hear more. Shepard, yes, yes, I've heard of you. Fearing's new hired gun. Tell me, has the great Fearing finally realized there's something wrong? Something amiss in his house? Oh, happy day. Sir, I... Yes, of course he has. He sent you to speak with me. Actually, this was my idea. Of course. And you, my dear? I'm with him. I see. Tell me, Mr. Shepard, are you familiar with our philosophy? No. I see. We believe that this world is a vast and infinite one, but we are trapped in very finite bodies. Husks, if you will. We question that which is accepted by the masses and hidden. We seek the wisdom that lies behind the knowledge, the arcane level of knowledge. We choose to ask the questions that no one else dares to ask. What did the ancients know that allowed them to build towers, pyramids, and entire civilizations? How did the seafaring races cross the oceans without a compass or charts? Never really thought about it. Most haven't. Definitely people like Fearing do not. This is what we do here. Tell me, what do you believe happens to our essence, our soul, when our body dies? Depends on your religion. Oh no, no it does not. My studies, our studies, point to a separate plane of existence just beyond the veil of this one. An existence freed from the constraints of time and matter. An infinite existence. Like a ghost? Interesting choice of words, my dear. Ghosts. You do know that your museum houses several such entities. The museum is haunted? In layman's terms, yes. We here have trained our minds, and our hidden minds, to see that which is not seen. When last I visited the museum, I spoke with several such entities. That's how I learned about... it. Hidden minds? It? Yes, it. The stalking beast. The devourer. The unholy thing. The lurking shadow that hunts in the darkest of night. You're a skeptical, yes? A little. I'm a cynic. Some proof, then? Brother Gilbert gestured to one of his men. The robed goon produced a manila folder and handed it over. Little Mead handed me the folder. Inside, there were photographs. Twelve eight by ten glossies in black and white. All were headshots of young women. Each picture had an index card stapled to it. See, do you see? Very thorough, Brother Gilbert. A picture, a card with name, age, contact address, and a date missing. Looks like this goes back maybe six years? Yes. I also noticed that the contact addresses are all the same. This address of this building. We operate a hostel upstairs for our followers. Males and females are strictly separated, of course. So, all of these girls are missing from your place here? Yes, they are. Is it possible that some of these girls just packed up and left? Yes, very possible. It does happen. 
These are very transitory times. But these young ladies, they disappeared and left their possessions behind. But you know there are more missing girls. I'm certain. A man in my position hears things. I hear the stories, the rumors, and the gossip. The 12 pictures in that folder only cover six years, as you have noticed. That's only two victims a year. Does that sound satisfying to you? No. Our beast is a predator. There has to be more. I'm sure of it. This thing, it hunts women? Young women? Only them? Yes, Mr. Shepard. Young women. There is something that a woman like your friend here has that the beast needs. Something it needs to live. Not all women, just certain ones. The bald man's eyes burned into mine. I think a realization had just hit him. You've seen it, haven't you? You... You've seen the beast? You've actually met the creature? Well, I... Of course you have. I could feel its presence. Just a trace. Ah, yes. The day of my secor is at hand. Tell me, James Shepard. Are you an honorable man? Yes. Ah, a quick answer. I can appreciate that. I'll give you that folder as a show of goodwill. You will have more questions. I will be here. In exchange, no police. Agreed? Agreed. Excellent. Look these over. Think about these young ladies. Consider their fates. Then return, and we will talk more. You might be a willing pupil, Mr. Shepard. If you say so. Now, if you will excuse me, I must meditate and cleanse my mind before tonight's session. These gentlemen will show you out. With that, the two bruisers showed us the door. Well, that was... brusque. Yeah, let's get out of here. I wonder how much of that was the opium talking. A good question. What did you think of him? Do, do you think it's weird that he keeps 8 by 10 glossies of the girls in his hostel? I think it's creepy. Questionable. When do they open to the public again? Next Monday. You going back? I'll need more information. That, and I think our boy just might be a shill. A what? A shill. An accomplice. A stooge. A decoy. A sideshow magician will usually have one or two shills working for him. You know these volunteers from the audience? I think our boy might be acting as a diversion. Or a supplier. Or maybe he's exactly what he says he is. An observer. You mean he might be procuring the girls for that thing? That's disgusting. I know, but if I'm right, he's playing a very dangerous game of both sides against the middle. Here, I'll get the door for you. Jim, that thing was in my head. I know how filthy it felt. How terrifying it was. If he's doing that... I know, I know. I hope I'm wrong. But it would be a great diversion. If anything goes wrong, everybody will be looking at the crazy bald guy. Not looking for the girls. The perfect distraction. I could see Ruthie was shaken. But by the time the elevator got to our floor, she was already over it. When she spoke, it was a total change of subject. So, speaking of magicians... I'm glad to see you're doing it. Doing what? The date with Dr. Caspian. Well, why not? Exactly. Why not? She's beautiful. She's rich. She has a brain like a V8 engine. Hey, 
Did I mention she's rich? You mentioned it. I'll just toss the pictures in my office. Besides, I've noticed that you get this weird look on your face whenever you see her. A look? What kind of look? My mother has a word. Bumfuddled. Bumfuddled. Ruthie, I do not get bumfuddled. Sure you do. Uh, no, I don't. Oh, yeah, you do. He <laughs> bumfuddles real easy. My boss, Richard Faring, and another man were standing in my office doorway. The second man was a big boy, built like a bear wearing a Sunday go-to meeting suit. I recognized him immediately. Sarge! Hey, Lieutenant. Ruthie, say hello to Hiram Nash, former U.S. Army Infantry Sergeant. Ma'am? Mr. Nash, are you one of the men from the foxhole? You told her that story? Yes, ma'am, I was. Hated every second of it. But just so you know, Jim Shepard is the world's easiest to bumfuddle. Ask him about Monique at the cafe sometime. Or Justine. Don't forget Justine. Uh, yeah. So, what are you doing here, Sarge? I thought you lived in Crockett County. Oh, check a map sometime, brother. It's the next county over. I'm in town a couple of times a month. Nash always stops by for a visit whenever he's in town on business. We were going to dinner. Care to join? You too, Ruthie. You paying? Of course. I'm in. Excellent. You three wait here. I'll go get my coat and wallet. The boss strode out of my office and disappeared down the hall. I already knew the next question I'd hear. And now that he's gone, not that I am not happy to see you again, sir, but uh, why are you here? He called me. What am I going to do? Say no? Yeah, but as we both know, the boss only calls people in when he has to. Keeps things in the family, he says. Now you show up. What's he got you doing? I gotta know. Sarge, do you remember when we were in France? There was a village that had been pounded flat by artillery. Everything was destroyed except for that one building. It was a white brick building near what had been the town square. Remember that? Remember how the glass was still in the windows? Yeah, it had been a hospital or a school or something. We were under strict orders not to approach that building. But two guys, Mallory and Haynes, they decided to go check it anyway. Snuck out of camp and into that building. And we didn't even know they were gone, and not until they came running out a few minutes later, screaming about talking shadows and black ghosts. It's something like that. Oh, figures. Just like the old man to call you in from wherever you were. Los Angeles. It's not that bad. If I like it here, I can keep the job. He'll even ship all my gear from the West Coast. You can still get everything you own into the backseat of a car, can't you? Pretty much. Don't sound like much of a life. Says the man with four children in an apple orchard. Mm, four and a half. Stella's got another one cooking. Well, you have two boys and two girls. I guess you need a tiebreaker. Yep. <laughs> uh, talking shadows? You seen something like that here? Yeah. Uh, watch yourself, Lieutenant. You remember what happened to those two. What happened? They were both dead within 24 hours. Suicides. Oh. Now, one more thing. Uh, you might want to know this. Some of the men on the crew at my orchard, well, they're Cherokee. Good, solid people, them and their families. They won't come to this part of town. They'll never set foot in this building. Why not? Well, the other buildings, they're supposed to be haunted, you know. But this building, when they blasted the holes for the foundation, something bad came out. It stayed. 
They won't tell me what it is. You know, that explains a lot about this place. Right. My car is pulling around front. Let's go. Figures. Shepard. How many people do you have, buddy? You mean counting me and Dewey? Two. <sighs> no. Wait at the door. I'll be down in a minute. Does it ever stop here? No. Not that I've noticed. My revolver is in my office. My piece is in my purse. I have something in the truck. <sighs> Sorry, folks. Looks like dinner is delayed. We met the two uniformed security guards outside of the storage dock. Buddy showed us a door on the far wall. He told us it opened real quiet and whoever was in there would not hear it. We crept in and moved to our positions. There was one illuminated area in here. Dead center of the storage area. Peloskov was there, and three other men. I could see a large bruise on Peloskov's face. He had been roughed up. To my left, Nash appeared. He made a circular motion with his hand, then held up four fingers. Translation, he had circled. There were just the four of them. Peleskov and three other men. Then, the sergeant was gone again. Funny how the old skills come back. You cannot do this. This does not belong to you. Ah, here he is. Amon Hath. Looks good for his age. Hans, the knife. No, you cannot. Can't I? Hans, the knife. Open it. Ah, yes. As we suspected. Now we can end this charade of yours. Now your theft is ended. Theft? The only theft in this sad drama has been... Enough! Hans, silence him. Now was a good time. All right, gentlemen, step away from the mummy. Boy, talk about a strange sentence. And the bad guys all pull Lugers. I think I've seen this movie. Yeah, so have I. We have the advantage. Uh... Jim Shepard, I work here. Yeah, funny thing about advantages, you can lose them. Now! What? To my left, Nash stepped into the light. He was carrying a pump shotgun. The Sarge chambered around for effect. It's a scary sound if you're on the wrong end of one of those things. Ruthie placed herself between the open window, their entry, and the intruders. A tiny Colt snub-nosed revolver was in her hand. You're surrounded. Drop your weapons, gentlemen. Faring appeared to my right. A service revolver was at the ready at a steady hand. The head bad guy must have seen his advantage withering away quickly. I... I must protest. This action will cause an international incident. I will simply notify Ambassador Blutbard... If you had that type of clout... You wouldn't be standing here like this. Sergeant? Sir? You and the security men search and lock them down. You can use one of the storerooms. See to it. Yes, sir. You three, move it. Well, let's take a look at our guest of honor, shall we? Is that newspaper? How to smuggle. Pay attention, class. Make a mummy body out of paper mache. Leave enough of a hollow space to pack in several bags of... Are these Swiss marks? Yes. Leave enough room to pack in several bags of gold coins. Wrap it up in aged bandages and stick a diplomatic sticker on the crate. Tight enough 
so that nothing jingles. Looks kind of like Boris Karlov, doesn't he? So, are we Jewish, Mr. Polaskov? No, I am not. But I work with several such families. My organization has been helping them get their monies out of the German banks and then converted to Swiss marks and smuggled out. We have to smuggle them because the Nazis search for such things. The banks have been nationalized, you see. They will not release the funds. Your people get the money in position, then the families emigrate? Yes. Okay, sirs. They're searched and locked up. Either you all ever been cursed down in German? Not lately. Mr. Peloskov, you said you had a truck? Yeah, at my hotel. Good. Sarge, how about you take him there, let him get his truck here, then we load him up. Ruthie, call the depot, get our guests on the northbound express. I think it pulls out at midnight. One passenger, the freight, and whatever luggage. Do the same thing if there's a southbound. False trail. Got it. Tell them to put it on the museum's account. Come on, sir. I'm parked out front. Well, James... What do you think so far? You warned me that I wouldn't be bored. That I did. I should probably call some people I know in D.C. Confirm the story. Yeah, for all we know, we just locked up the good guys. The boss made the calls. Turns out, Pulaska was legit. He and Sartre showed up with the truck, and we got him loaded. The others went on to dinner. I tried to call Catherine Caspian. No answer. I told the others that I'd catch up, but not to wait for me. I went back to my office to get my briefcase. I stopped in the hallway. The lights were on, and the door was hanging open. Hello, Jim. Catherine, I just tried to call you. It's all right, Jim. I see there was an incident in the storage dock. Yes, there was. Hey, want a Luger? I have three of them. No, thank you. I prefer Webley. Really? Where did you get three Lugers? From the three Nazis we have locked up in a closet. In the... I probably do not want to know. No, probably not. Now tell me about this. She pointed at the top of my desk. The manila folders, the one from the fairing and the one from Brother Gilbert, were open and the contents spread out. Well... You went through my stuff. I'm inquisitive. Explain, please. All right. It's a long story, so I'll give you the Reader's Digest version. Richard Faring called me here to investigate a series of vanishings. He thinks that something is hunting young women in this area. He more or less created this whole special services job as a cover for me to look around. You mean the Lost Girls? Yeah, they're part of it. Those photos, police reports, and newspaper clippings are of girls who have disappeared. I hate to say it, but based on something that happened to me, I believe him. This worries him. Faring is a man of singular passion. He can't stand the idea of something tarnishing this place. I see. The pictures? Newspaper clippings, police reports, other sources. Now I have to look for a connection. I see the connection. At least with some of them. What? You do? Where? Talk to me. Not so fast, buckaroo. Buy me dinner after the performance? Some place other than the diner. Done. Excellent choice. Right. Well, if one were to take these two dates missing, then move forward or backwards a day or two. Yeah? Yeah? New moons. It happens during the new moon phase. Whatever is happening, it is on a lunar cycle. 
the thing hunts in the darkest night. Pardon? Just something that Brother Gilbert told me. Ah, uh, that odd man with the beards. Yeah, him. Catherine, would you be able to give me dates of new moons? Maybe going back a couple of years? Well, I... I'll throw in dessert. Something chocolate, maybe? Amazing. It's so rare to find a man who can negotiate with a woman. It's a talent. Well? I'm sure I can accommodate you. Now, help me with my coat. We need to get moving. Right. Oh, one thing. I've had a very long day. I might doze off. Should I start to snore, please just gently nudge me awake. No problem. Brother Gilbert? Brother Gilbert, are you meditating? I always have time, my child. I wanted to tell you that the lights are off and all the doors are locked. If there's nothing else, I'll retire to my room. Sleep well, my child. Tomorrow will be a busy day. Yes, sir. Good night. <sighs> Who? What do you want? I haven't done anything. You trespassed, little maid. You trespassed against me. Please, I... Silence! We had an agreement, little maid. You would serve me, and you would profit everything you have. This building, your followers, your wealth, it is all Please, cat! Please, cat, breathe! How do you repay my generosity? How? You give me to the man from the museum. <coughs> but I... He is dangerous. I've known men like him. He doesn't think like you. His brain has scars. A soldier's brain. A reluctant warrior. So very dangerous. But you set him against me. Please, I beg you. Take it all back. Just don't. Take it all? Take what? I, who have lived longer than you can imagine. I, who possess more than you can dream. I need nothing from you. Your religion has an interesting view. Thank you.
You've been listening to Tales from the Museum, The Beginning, entitled The Mummy's Treasure, written by Charles Russell. Featured in tonight's episode were Joshua Perus as James Shepard, Victoria Perus as Ruthie Ballard and the voice calling out, Eric Bod as Brother Gilbert Littlemead, Rachel Pulliam as Dr. Catherine Caspian, Ellie Hirschman as the Sleepwalker, Thomas Rippert as Emil Poloskov, MJ Cogburn as Tanya, Joe Stofko as Hiram Nash, Alex Gilmore as Buddy, David Alt as Nazi Guard, and yours truly as Richard Faring and the announcer. The original music was composed by Joey Stuckey and Kevin McLeod. Produced and post-production was by MJ Cogburn. This has been a Darker Projects production. This is Shane Harris. For more horror, science fiction, and other podcasts, please visit www.darkerprojects.com. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to Tuesday Terror right here on the Mutual Audio Network. Please consider subscribing to other days of the Mutual feeds, including Monday Matinee for classic live and theatrical audio plays, Wednesday Wonders, our science fiction and fantasy magazine, Thursday Thrillers for action, adventure, mystery, and crime drama, Friday Follies, our end-of-the-week comedy series, the Saturday Story Circle for kids and family alike, and Sunday Showcase, bringing you the very newest in audio releases for the week from our United Artists of Audio, right here on the Mutual Audio Network. The Mutual Audio Network. Listening and imagining together. <laughs>